Good morning, White Oak, and happy Easter. Uh, if you're joining us online, we are so glad that you are here today. We are uh, live streaming this service right now. And so, uh, man, it is great to be here with you today. It's great to see so many people who are, uh, who are back for the first time. I don't know about you, but it uh, just feels like that there is something in the air. Uh, could be because, you know, we're, we're getting some warmer weather. I cut my grass for the first time the other day. Uh, you know, it's April. That means mulch and, uh, you know, flowers and all that. But the conversations that I've been having lately just it just seems like that there is hope in the air that, that people are excited about our future uh, not just us as a church but just as a society uh, we have more and more people who are getting the vaccine and things are starting to open up a little bit and uh, we have people who are returning back to church for the first time in a year uh, we had we had over 100 people that were here last night on our Saturday service so it is an exciting time to be together. And we come here to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. And that is something to celebrate, right? We're so excited to, uh, to be able to gather together and to celebrate a risen Savior. You know, last week we gathered together, and just to kind of fill you in, we've been doing this little two-week series on Palm Sunday, and then today, Easter Sunday. And so last week, we talked about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We talked about how uh, people were singing and praising and waving palm branches and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means literally, save now. People that were alive when Jesus was here on earth, and people who were gathered together while Jesus was coming into Jerusalem for the last time, they were looking for a savior, just like you are, just like I am. But the thing is that when they were calling out for Jesus to save them, it wasn't from their sins, it was from their life. You see, they just weren't satisfied with the life they were living. They felt like that they were being oppressed. They felt like that life just wasn't going the way they wanted it to do. They felt like there just had to be more. It feels like you and it feels like me. See, when I think about salvation, you know, we, we have the ability to, to, to know the whole story. We've read the Bible. But even for you and me, when we start to think about what is it that we really are looking for God to save us from, man, we, we, we might throw out something and say, man, I really, I'm looking for a better job. I'm looking for some better friends. I'm looking for less stress in my life. I'm looking for healthy kids. I'm looking for some purpose. I could get down pretty far in that list before I say, you know what, God, I have a sin problem, and I need saved from it. But that's exactly what God came to do. It's exactly why Jesus is here. Jesus enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to the praise of the people, to the, to the cheers of the crowd. But Jesus came to Jerusalem to die. You see, my sin put Jesus on the cross. And that's something that I have to, have to live with. That's something I have to deal with. That Jesus died for me. 
And so while last week we kind of set this story up by Jesus coming into Jerusalem, by Jesus dying on the cross. See, last week we ended service with Jesus being crucified. And I know that that's not a super upbeat way to kind of walk out a service. It was a heavy service. But sometimes it's good just to sit in the fact and be reminded of the fact that my sin caused Jesus to die. The good news is, is that we don't stop there. We don't end there. The story is not finished. And so today we get to celebrate and remember the fact that Jesus is alive. Now, I grew up in 1976. Or that was when I was born. So that kind of gives you a little bit of uh, information about how old I'm, 45. And so when I was a kid growing up, every weekend we would travel out to my grandparents' house and uh, they would take us to a smorgasbord. I don't know if you're familiar with a smorgasbord, but that's like an all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant. You just keep going back over and over again and get as many plates of food as you want. Now, my grandfather, uh, he loved these restaurants because I've never experienced anybody in my life that could eat like my grandfather did. He was one of those guys that would get a plate and everything just kind of congealed into one, like, you know what I mean? He didn't care. There was no borders. Like, I can't eat like that. I don't know about you. But, like, everything just mixed together. But he would make these huge plates of food. So on one occasion, we're at my grandma's house, and, and I just come to her, and I said, Grandma, are we going to uh, one of these restaurants again tonight? And she says, yeah, we are. And I was like, okay. I said, Grandma, are they going to have dessert at these restaurants? And she's like, yeah, Kevin, they're going to have dessert. Why do you ask? I said, well, because Grandpa keeps going back over and over again. And I said, and I'm afraid I'm going to miss the Dukes of Hazard. All right? So Friday night, as a kid, for me growing up, that was it. There was no VCR, there was no DVR, there was no on-demand. So like, if you missed it, you missed it. And I was a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard. Now, right after the Dukes of Hazard, there was a show that came on. And if you grew up in that time, maybe you remember it. It was called Dallas. And, uh, and you know, you can judge my family all you want, but as a kid, I grew up remembering watching the show Dallas. Today, in 2021, if your favorite character dies in a show, you may be upset or angry, but the first thing that comes to your mind is, I wonder how they're going to bring this person back, right? Like, if you're a big fan of, like, superhero movies and Marvel stuff and everything, like, nobody's ever really gone. But in the 80s, that wasn't the way that shows were written. It wasn't the way that things were done. And so when in the show Dallas, they killed off one of the main characters, Bobby Ewing, at the end of one of the seasons, it was a big deal. And then in two seasons later, in the opening episode, when Bobby came back to life, there's a scene where, you know, the this, this series begins, the opening shot, and it's Bobby in the shower. He had been dead in a car accident, and now he's back alive, and they did the whole thing. They made the entire season where he missed a dream. The whole thing was a dream. That was a big deal, because, because here's the truth, right? Things that are dead, they stay dead. And so that's why it was such a big deal when Jesus heals his friend Lazarus and brings him back to life. Because it proved that Jesus has power over 
death. That Jesus has the ability to bring things that are dead back to life. Jesus is crucified. He's nailed to a cross for the sins of the world, for your sins and for my sins. I mean, just take a moment and think about that. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for me. You have to know that even though they had been with him, even though they had heard him talk about it over and over again, even though they'd watched him bring Lazarus back to life, the people who followed Jesus, those who were the closest to him, when he died, their hope died with him. No one was expecting Jesus to come back to life. Because when things are dead, they stay dead. I mean, that, that's at least what we experience in life, right? It's like as much as we want things to come back. But here's the truth. Jesus is alive. Look with me in Luke chapter 24. That's where we're going to be today. If you've got a Bible, I encourage you to open it. Or if you're using a phone or a tablet to pull it up, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. Or 24, sorry, Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 9. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about this, suddenly two men dressed in clothes and gleaming like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. So this is a passage of scripture that we're looking at, and it lays out the events that happened on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Day, on the third day, Jesus is alive. I love what the angels ask the women. Why do you look for the living among the dead? So these women who were followers of Jesus returned to the grave on Sunday. They're mourning Jesus' death. Their hope has been shattered. It's in the grave. And sometimes I think that we put our hope in dead things too. We keep going back to the same places, keep going back to the same things. We're, we're looking for something. We're searching for something. I know that a lot of you who walk through these doors, that this has been a tough year for you. I know that if you're watching online, maybe you're still feeling stuck. You're hurting. You're broken. You've lost people. 
And sometimes in the midst of that pain and in the midst of that loss and in the midst of that tragedy, we look for hope. We just look for something. And we look for it in all the wrong places. We look for it in dead things, things that aren't going to bring us life, things that aren't going to bring us true hope, things that aren't going to bring us true happiness. And we keep going back to them. I mean, just think about that. What are some of the things that you retreat to? What are some of the things that you lean on to try to get you through these tough days? See, these ladies were looking for Jesus in the wrong place. Jesus was not dead. He was not in a grave. He was not in a tomb. Jesus is alive. And this changes everything. Just a few moments ago, I asked you to reflect on the fact that Jesus took on our sin, that my sin, that your sin put Jesus on the cross. That's a heavy thought, but the good news is this, that death could not hold him, that Jesus is alive. And because of that, because of the fact that Jesus is alive, I can be fully alive as well. That brings us to our big idea for today, and I want you to hear it. It's that I can have full life because Jesus is alive. I can have full life because Jesus is alive. See, the fact that Jesus is alive, it changes everything. Right before Jesus brought Lazarus back to life, these are the words that he shared with Lazarus' sister, Martha, in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, this is what Jesus said. He says, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He says, the way that you access full life, the way that you access the Father... It's through me. And then he asks a question, and I ask it to you. Do you believe this? And do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that Jesus has the power over death? Do you believe that Jesus' life brings us hope? Because here's the truth He is risen. Jesus' followers, his closest friends, they were walking around with no hope. They'd given up. They were hiding. They returned to their old lives. They returned to their old jobs. They returned to their fishing boats. But Jesus wasn't dead in the ground. Jesus has risen. He's risen. So let me ask you if Jesus being alive, truly changes everything. What does it change for you? Our big idea is that I can have full life because Jesus is alive. And we talk a lot here at White Oak about this idea of full life. And we just want to help you get an idea of what this full life looks like. So here's some things that Jesus being alive does. Number one, I'm forgiven Remember, at the beginning of the message we talked about, that's not always the first thing that we think of, but maybe it should be. 
See, my sin separates me from God. But the fact that Jesus rose from the dead means that I'm fully forgiven. Paul, one of Jesus' followers, wrote most of the New Testament in a book called Romans. He says this, he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, look, the bad news is, is that your sin brings about death in your life. He says, but the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus is alive. I'm forgiven from my guilt. I'm forgiven from my punishment. I'm forgiven from my sin because of this. I'm no longer cut off from God, but I'm able to be called a child of God. Our identity is not in our mistakes, but it's in Jesus. So I'm forgiven. Second thing is I have a purpose. When I'm set free from sin and become a child of God, I am also given the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit sets me up and gives me the ability to do things Kingdom things, things that are on purpose. See, a lot of us, we chase after our own purposes. Sometimes we get off track and we start, we start going after things that make us happy. But when you are fully in Jesus and fully alive in Jesus, we've been given a purpose from God. And that purpose is always to tell other people, to tell more people about the good news of Jesus. It's simply this, to be willing to share with people that Jesus is alive and that Jesus changes everything. So I'm forgiven and I have a purpose and I am sent. I am deployed that, that I am sent around, that people who believe in Jesus are being sent around the world to share the good news message that Jesus is alive. God is sending people into communities and schools and workplaces, into lockdown countries, into political parties, into sports teams, into media outlets. Wherever there are lost and broken people, God is sending his people. He's deploying his people. And so I'm forgiven, and I have a purpose, and I've been sent. Those are just a few of the things that Jesus being alive changes. See, Jesus has power over death. And it proves that Jesus can bring things back to life. Now, while we don't get the luxury of having Jesus come and raise our loved ones from the dead, there are things that Jesus can bring back to life here on earth. And I've witnessed them with my own eyes. Things that Jesus has the power to bring back that only Jesus does. See, Jesus has the power to bring back dead marriages. See, Jesus has the power to rebuild broken relationships. Jesus has the power to bring back those who are lost to addiction. Jesus has the power to put purpose into meaningless lives. Jesus has the power to bring dead things back to life. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Kevin, you don't know my situation. You don't know how far gone this thing is. You don't know about my marriage. You don't know about my kids. You don't know about my 
struggle. The fact that Jesus hung on a cross and on the third day walked out of the grave means he has power over the things that are holding you back in life. It means he has the power to break those chains and to bring freedom and to bring hope and to bring new life. That is the power of Jesus' resurrection. Paul, who we just mentioned before, he talked about this. He said that his desire was that he wanted to know and understand the power that comes from Jesus' resurrection. So he writes about it in Philippians chapter 3, and I want to share it with you this morning. He says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul takes a look at his life and he says, you know what, I consider everything outside of my relationship with Jesus to be meaningless, to be worthless. He says, I look back at all of my accomplishments, he says, and they are garbage. He says, what I do want to know, I love this, he says, I want to know Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection. Power is a bold thing. Jesus being alive empowers us to be bold as well. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. He says the fact that Jesus is alive, to understand and to know the power of his resurrection gives Paul the ability to live out a bold life. Here at White Oak, we're in a season of bold living we're challenging our people that are those who are called White Oak Home to be bold. We're encouraging our people into this season of bold generosity by expanding our normal giving and to multiply our impact through our bold White Oak in Motion initiative. We have a desire to expand our circle of impact in our communities and in our campuses. A bold lifestyle is about more, though, than just giving. We give boldly, holding nothing back. We love boldly, putting others' needs ahead of our own. We serve boldly, offering our time and our talents to impact those around us. And we share boldly, not being afraid to tell others about Jesus. See, the fact that Jesus is alive, it changes things. If he's dead, I mean, he was a great person. He was a great teacher. He made a huge sacrifice. But our hope dies with him. The fact that Jesus is alive changes everything. I can have full life because Jesus is alive. 
One of the ways that we experience full life is through community. And it's funny, we've got people who are watching online with us right now. And so whether you're here in person or whether you're watching, it's an amazing time that we live in. So many of our people have been able to keep up with us and, and, and remain with us through the ability of technology. And it's been a wonderful thing. But there's just something about being in community. And so right now we want to share some stories of our people who have been able to find full life through community. Take a look at this. Driving by this building and not being able to come in hurt. And I felt like I didn't have a home. This was my home outside of, this is my family. I moved here from Cincinnati um, not knowing anybody. So coming here and really finding White Oak and finding people in a community of believers and friends, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, the discouragement and not wanting to go on, I was certainly challenged this year. I was in a wheelchair, I wasn't walking. I was told I would never walk again or possibly not feed myself. Having the community, having people praying with me, having people walk through this difficult season of my life was a game changer. If I did not have them, I just might have given up. Uh, White Oak is uh, more than a church to us. It's, uh, it's an extended family. Uh, we've gone through a tough time here lately. And uh, with my family, we, we lost someone. And they were so generous, they reached out. My son, the first person he wanted to talk to was one of his uh, leaders from the uh, student ministry. They provided meals for us. It was very generous, very heartfelt. It was, it was great. I don't think we ever just leave church. I mean, it's here, we're talking, we're you know having that bond with everyone. I, I, I think I'm always one of the last to leave. <laughs> it's just, it's a great feeling. When I started coming back for in-person services back last summer, um, I connected with the Platons. Um, started sitting by them at church and talking to them and they uh, brought up the fact that they wanted to start a uh, Bible study at their house um, and asked me if I wanted to be part of it and I said heck yeah that sounds awesome every Thursday you know we've been getting together and studying the Bible and eating good food and being around people and it's it's good I have had a tendency to you know kind of stay to myself I didn't really want to be around too many people but being around people is important because, you know, iron sharpens iron. Being around other people is how you, you grow. I genuinely enjoy being around the people at White Oak. There are some really great people that, that I can, you know, say with confidence that I'm going to be friends with these people for a long time. And that's because of Jesus. I love what Andrew said at the end there. Yeah. I love what Andrew said at the end there. He said it's all because of Jesus. P people finding community, and maybe their stories echo some of your stories. How the only way you've been able to get through the last year has been because of the people that have been surrounded by you, whether it's virtually or whether it's in person. We need to be together. 
Because Jesus is alive, I can be fully alive too. It's amazing the impact of being connected to a local church can have in your life. We are truly better together. I want you to hear these words again. We, we read them at the beginning of the message, but I just want them just to come over you as, uh, as you sit there. It says, so on the first day of the week, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Uh, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Uh, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in claws that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. He's risen. What impact does Jesus being alive make on your life? Really, what, what difference does it make for you? We've talked about several things today. Whether it's living boldly or recognizing that we have access to forgiveness. Jesus being alive changes everything. So today we want to offer a challenge to you. Whether you're here with us in person or whether you're watching with us online, I want to challenge you to go ahead and pull your cell phone out. I know that that sounds odd, but, but hear me out. We want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to follow up with you. The number that you're going to use for this text in response is going to be on your screen. It's 513-715-8111. And here I want you to hear out these two options for you. And, uh, and I want to challenge everybody to choose one. Some of you are here today, you're watching online, and we're talking about Jesus being alive, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never truly claimed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You've never gone all in. And we would love to be able to have a conversation with you about what being a follower of Jesus is like. Uh, we would love to be able to share with you the good news about who Jesus is and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. See, following Jesus changes our, changes our identity. We go from being outsiders to being family, and we get to be called a child of God. And so the word that you're going to text for this is identity. Text the word identity to 513-715-8111. And by doing that, we're going to register you for a baptism conversation. We've got one that's coming up on Tuesday night, or we can schedule you for one in the future. But if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to talk to you about that. We're going to celebrate next weekend with baptisms, and it's going to be amazing. For a lot of us here, we're already followers of Jesus. We know our identity as a child of God, but somewhere along the way, we get lost on our purpose. Maybe you're like me, and we, we chase after so many of these dead things, so many of these things that don't bring about hope and life. And we get off of the task that God has assigned us to. 
Uh, we want to help you because we believe that wherever you're at in your journey, wherever you're at in your walk, that we've got some next steps that would be helpful for you. Whether that's helping you get to where you need to be or whether it's you coming alongside and helping other people get to where you are in your relationship with Jesus. We believe that there's a next step for you. And so we want to encourage you to text the word DEPLOYED to 513-715-8111. Look, I know that for some of us it can be awkward or we're just like, man, I don't want to, to get into all of that. But here's the thing. We, we cannot partner with you, follow up with you, and help you in your journey. And so we've got both of these numbers we're going to throw up on the screen and uh, whoever you are today, we just encourage you to text one of these words so that we can come alongside of you and partner with you in your next steps. Listen, you may be sitting here today and, and you're wondering about what it is that God's trying to do for you. What does Jesus being alive truly mean for you we, we want to walk alongside you and help answer those questions because we truly believe that the fact that Jesus died on a cross and walked out of the grave on the third day is something to celebrate amen and we believe that it changes everything Listen, on a Friday, Jesus died on a cross for the sins of the world. And on a Sunday, he rose from the dead. That is good news. Jesus lives. And because of that, so do we. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the fact that Jesus is alive. God, we are so thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, and we are even more thankful for the power that you have over death. God, help us to live, help us to be fully alive through the power of Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.